Okay, with Jonah McKenzie Howell, Smoking Mirrors is the film, uh, feature film uh, played at the Wild Sound uh, Film Festival. The first thing that I'm going to talk about is that it's such an interesting script and you're relatively young, so you made a pretty sophisticated script, but it's yeah. it's a it's a Western, it's a, it's a horror, it's got supernatural elements, so it's a fantasy, sci-fi. It's also very, it's like also a murder mystery and crime. So you're kind of yeah. mixing a lot of conventional genres into this script. Was that like something that was consciously, you were consciously aware of, or you just liked the story? Um, Like definitely some aspects of it. Like I predominantly write um, horrors, um, but I am like a massive fan of Western. I think Westerns in a lot of cases are sort of like a genre that's like sort of stays um, <laughs> relatively rigid and there's not a lot of changes to it. So I kind of thought it'd be really interesting to set a horror there. And I think like being on the fringes of society as well, I think it's rife for that. Um, and then, yeah, like a few other influences, like I guess film noir with the whole detective thing. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm just a big fan of that genre. So I guess it kind of found its way in without me knowing, but yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, you're, you're, you're in your early twenties. So it's interesting that you said yeah. that you like film noir and Westerns because that, you don't generally hear that from uh, someone your age in a ge- in yeah. like general, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of sort of extinct genres these days. Um, but I don't know. I just, yeah, I, I don't really know why I'm drawn to them. I think, like, probably because, like, I think when I was th- sort of getting into film, I was a massive Tarantino fan. Um, and then I guess, like, going back through his favourites, like, he's a massive fan of, like, the like Leone. Django, I guess you like Django. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Django. Um, so I guess that's where the Western thing comes from. Um, and I don't know, I just... But you're, it, like, I guess you must have been, what, 11? 10, 11 when Django or came out? So. Oh, I didn't, I didn't watch, I wasn't watching, I wasn't allowed to watch violent movies <laughs> about that old, so... Okay. I didn't watch it when it came out. I think I watched it, like, four years ago, maybe? Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, obviously, obviously loved it um yeah so you're just starting out you're are you in school right now like what's your yeah yeah so I'm at uni um I'm studying filmmaking just generally um which is kind of a challenge sometimes because it's like there's not a whole lot of writing in it so it's very much like I have to find the time to do that um on my own terms but yeah that takes up a big chunk of my time um yeah so what do you what do you aspire to like to be a screenwriter? Yeah, definitely. Like most certainly, I think like when I like when I enrolled, like I wasn't sure, and like I thought I wanted to do writing, but didn't know for sure. So I guess I just wanted to like sort of try try my hand at everything, and that only cemented that I just really want to write. Like I'd love to direct as well. Yeah. Um, and I think I'd love to direct like sort of like later down the line, but I think for now. I definitely just want to like hone my skills with writing and see where that goes. So when, so how many scripts have you written so far? Um, So I've written that's Smoking Mirrors is my second feature. Um, and I've also written a couple shorts as well. So, okay. So tell me about the process with Smoking Mirrors. When do you remember when you, where you were, where you kind of came up with this idea? Yeah. Um, It was pretty much, I think just over a year ago, it was like, I basically just finished watching The Lighthouse um, and I was just like so inspired by like um, like Robert Eggers like attention to like historical detail and how he sort of like draws on like um, like folktale and like beliefs that were like present in the time that the story was set. Um, 
and I just like I I just wanted to like do something that was sort of similar like not obviously not rip him off but like just like a time period where I could draw from sort of um beliefs at the time and do like a real deep dive into like researching the history of that time and stuff um just because I thought that'd be an interesting challenge and then being a fan of westerns I guess I was automatically drawn there um and then yeah I think like I didn't actually start writing it for a while I think I just like was thinking about it and the story was just sort of developing in my mind for like a really long time and then I started doing the research and then I think once I'd done the research the story just sort of fell into place which I think Robert Eggers talks about that like he never gets writer's block because the story just sort of falls in once he's done all the research um it's so, a yeah. fine line though I, I know a lot of people who go over research it's like they, they yeah the research and not the writing I guess right well I think yes it's, it's very easy to procrastinate and it's like it's fun like like for this like learning about like um like the Aztecs which I didn't know a whole lot about like I just wanted to like keep doing that for ages um so I found myself um yeah sort of putting off the writing for a while because of that so you're Australian obviously you got the yeah. ex- uh so but this is about this is about Mexico and Texas in the 1800s have you been the, to Texas uh I've been to the states but I've not been to Texas um which was a challenge obviously um that definitely like added to the research um but what would I, what propelled you like why not like why Texas? A Texas why a Texas story um I'm not sure I think I I think it was literally just a case of like when I figured out that it was sort of gonna revolve around the border um and it was going to be a western I think I wanted to set it like in a state that was bordering obviously and I was also I was reading um Heart of the West by O. Henry which was set in Texas and that was sort of a big inspiration as well so I guess it stemmed from there too but yeah I'm not sure exactly so okay so um as that cult people don't know about it I guess the human sacrifice yeah is that is is I guess it's like if someone knows anything about the Aztec religion, it's like the human sacrifice religion, I guess, right? Like that's yeah, know, obviously controversial to say the least, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I like controversy, I guess. Um, but I mean, I'm like it's a horror, so yeah, exactly. But no, it's just, it's, it's an interesting. It's an interesting. I'm just curious about thematically because what right. makes uh, I'm, well, oh, I see. I see. Um, well, I guess the like the whole sort of arc of like John, who's my protagonist, yeah, um, is that he's a very like traditional sort of Christian man, um, and he's had very few sort of challenges to his beliefs. Um, and then I guess the challenge of the script was like, how do I sort of make this character like change his views to like the most like polar opposite, like radical um belief set of beliefs that are out there um and i guess yeah that that like human sacrifice definitely leans itself to that so the like what makes a good period piece relevant is that there's a kind of a thematic that it kind of relates to today's world are you were you consciously writing that like about like the elements of like people because people are going to mirror that this film from 2022 2023 if it becomes a film right yeah yeah um well I guess like personally like I'm an atheist um 
and I think like in terms of like all the like religious undertones of the script I think I'm very interested in like why people believe certain things and like why people feel the need to sort of like latch on to um meaning when perhaps there might not be um so I'm not sure if I was consciously thinking about how it would relate um to the world today but I guess like as a as a general fact of life um about humans I guess that was something that I was really drawn to and I think that's something that's like always going to be relevant um and is definitely relevant today yeah 100 well 100 percent I hope that made sense (laughs) it's like there's a difference between kind of like a spiritual belief in something like the the meaning of life right and then but then like an organized religion like your character is a christian yeah and and so like he and so basically he's like there's a certain fear god fearing or or there's a there's a certain set of rules that he lives by that that are in the religion and the question is why are you doing that like what like what's what's the what you don't i think that's what you're kind of getting at in the the script it's like what's the what's the meaning of all this like why yeah yeah um and i guess that's the point of like henry's character it's like henry's not like an outright atheist but he kind of is a lot more fluid he's a Um, questioner i guess he's a questioner yeah he's a lot more he's a lot more curious than john um and i think the fact that he's like seeing all these sort of like nihilistic things at this age um when um you know he's like younger and more more like um able to change his mind on things he sort of acts as like a foil to john who's just this rigid guy who's not willing to change his beliefs until he's absolutely forced to which he ultimately is yeah and so yeah so it's almost like a like a, a kind of like a it's like you know like those classic detective stories where there's partners and there's like they're different and then there's yeah 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 i yeah i guess i i like i definitely modeled them off um john wayne and jeffrey hunter in the searches as well that was a huge searches? okay yeah just like the you go you're going so you're watching these classic films i guess yeah well you got to um but yeah you just you got to like the sort of like pessimist older um character and then like more of an idealist yeah um, the jaded john wayne character right yeah yeah and then like you got like jeffrey hunter like questioning like why john wayne is doing these things and if he's a he's a good man um that's sort of at the heart of the relationship between my two characters over well, in every john wayne film it seems to like in the end he is a good man right like, yeah yeah so i guess it's kind of the anti john wayne is he's like a, he's a conservative like uh, kind of like you know it's life is simple right like it's yeah it's, it's a simple philosophy to it yeah 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 definitely um yeah and i guess like like my john like he has that's kind of the tragedy of his character it's like he has so many opportunities to sort of um, like carve out a, a a satisfying life for himself, given the circumstances. Like he's 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 essentially been presented like a, another son in um in Henry, who like really wants him to be his father figure. Yeah. Um. But he's so like you know focused on like God is like punishing me and God is making my life this way because of this that he's like just completely blind to all that and he chooses like the worst possible yeah. um, road that he could go down. 
So are, you from, are you from like a religious family? Not to get too personal, but no, I'm. I guess I'm from, like my my family. Like they're not like we we come from like um sort of Christians, but like we ourselves. Well, it's not that my parents are atheists, but they're they're probably closer to being agnostic than anything. Yeah. Um. But I guess that's that's probably why I'm curious. Um with like religious religion and religious people and the way that some religious people think because I myself didn't come from that so yeah so okay so like generally speaking most people are in, in Australia most people are Christian right um it'd be interesting to know what the statistics are I mean like most people I interact with like being obviously younger like I don't myself know many Christians like most people I sort of speak to are either like atheist or agnostic but i would say christianity's like but that's your generation though i guess right that's my generation yeah so like but yeah the i'm i'm pretty sure it's mostly christian though if you were to look at the statistics but yeah i don't know off the top of my head so what's your so you, congratulations you're, you're young you wrote a, a very solid uh you're way ahead of most people trust me at, at, oh, uh, at the tender age of so 22 much. yeah uh, and so basically, and, and so what is your kind of writing style? Do you have like a routine to get you motivated? Like, do you, or like, what do you have a certain, uh, or you just write when you're motivated? Um, no, I, like I try force myself because otherwise it doesn't happen. I think like, like at the start, like, I like I'll have the idea and then I like to, if I can afford to, and I've got time just sort of let it simmer for a bit. Um, and sort of focus on other things that I might have developed a bit more, but just let that idea sort of sit there. And then I'll usually just sit down and just like, you know, just handwrite characters and like ideas sort of just like in a really unorganized way. And then probably sit on it for a bit longer and then start the outline. Like I like to like have sort of big gaps between everything. So I can really like think about every, like I'm not one of those guys that like, will write like eight drafts and then figure out yeah. the ending. Like I like to have everything really thought about before I do my first draft, but I guess that's the benefit of not actually being a working screenwriter yet. And I don't have to. Um, no, to that's great. Yeah. Yeah. No, every, yeah. You have your certain process, right? So what's yeah. been, what motivated you to submit to a festival like ours, like our other festivals? What's, what's your motivating factor? Um. I will the fact that you guys give feedback like I I I just looked at it like I didn't expect this to like you know get get selected or anything um but I just figured like you know I may as well send it in and very like worst case scenario I get feedback and I can submit it again and I think just like the fact that like it's an LA um contest like I I thought that like a western might have been appreciated a bit more than if I was submitting it to like a Melbourne contest okay. where like no one really gives a shit about Westerns. Um, so I guess geographically it was a big, your, thing your well. main, your main uh, director, Bob Baz, he, he, he made a Western, right? Baz, Baz Lerman. Yeah. Isn't, well, he like the, isn't he like the number one Australian director? Oh, I, I personally hate Baz Lerman. Oh, really? <laughs> really okay. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that, but, um, I'm not like his, his films aren't my thing. Sorry, that was a bit harsh. Yeah. If if Baz um ends up listening to this, um, no, nah, Ju- uh, Justin Kozel's like a really good Australian director. He's probably my favorite 
to come out of. And he also makes quite like sort of philosophical nihilistic things. Yeah. Um, Ooh, taking but, a, an Australia. I thought that they, that, that was unheard of. An Australian taking a shot at bat at the bats. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of 50, 50. I feel, oh, God, I, feel like a, I feel like a huge dick now. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's like, there are Australian directors that are talked about more than him, but I guess that's like, there's more contemporary ones like Jennifer Kent's like another one that people, people really look up to. Um, and David Michaud as well. I can like 10 years ago though, Baz would have been the talk of the town. Yeah. Well, he just did like, a huge film, right? I think it's going to get all Elvis, kinds of awards. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. Did you Did you watch it? No, I haven't. Seen, I haven't even seen it. I don't see like it's so funny. I'm well, I'm working like a madman. I don't. I don't. I haven't seen any of these. Yeah, get the cinemas much. So, have you seen yeah. it? Um, I've seen. I work at a cinema, so I've seen. Okay. Um, I feel like I've basically seen the whole film now because, like, I would just like be walking through cinemas and stuff. So. Out of so order. You're, you're taking it in then. That's so that's so interesting. You're you're like you're like kind of like do you go in the back behind the screen and kind of watch it? Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um yeah, I guess I don't think about it like that, but it is it is great. Like I'm I'm constantly seeing just like parts of films, I guess. Um so I'm I'm sure that would help. But yeah, it's a great job for networking as well. So um yeah, great part-time job if you want to be in the film industry. It's working. Yeah, no, it's a hundred percent. And I, I think George, probably George Miller. Yeah, he's uh, a pretty fantastic filmmaker. I'm yeah, how, yeah. Movies, how did I not bring him up? Those Bay movies George are fantastic. Miller. I don't know if you've seen those movies, but Babe. Yeah. Yeah, well, I watched it when I, when probably when it came out when I was really young and they're Happy Feet. They're happy, fantastic happy films. They they still happy feet, Watch them now. They still stand the test of time. They're like, really? There's the, there's adult understanding and plus kid understanding in it. So yeah, okay. I'll have to, I'll have to revisit. He's a he's a very eclectic filmmaker. Like his filmography makes no sense. No, it's I mean Mad so Max great. to be right. So yeah, yeah, uh, but it's yeah. so great. Anyways, it's just like it's, it's so it's so interesting. Like the to to that you do that. It's like you're kind of like sucking in all the the film the filmmaking experience because it's like. Because movies are changing, right? Like usually people yeah. your age are writing like anthology series and like TV pilots and like yeah, you wrote a classic feature film, which is pretty cool. yeah, yeah. Um, well, I don't know. I think I'm just like such like a proponent of like like going to the cinema and like um feature films. Like I'm sure like, I definitely want to explore TV and write pilots um and like get in a writer's room and that sort of thing but um films are like definitely where my heart is for sure um and i hope i hope cinemas stay around because they you, you just can't beat it yeah they they always will i just mean they, they might not be as popular except for like yeah for sure the big the big 3d kind of like comic book movie or whatever but yeah yeah it's a shame but um like there's still like there's still cool stuff that gets played at cinemas that like yeah. you might not expect to in in the modern age with Netflix and whatnot. So, but the the, the difference is is like if you look at an anthology series on Netflix or something like that, like uh, yeah, like they're 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 like nine part series, but then ten years ago those would have been feature films, right? Yeah, and like even like like Netflix has films that like you know, are only allowed to be in cinemas for like two weeks at a time or whatever it is, like yeah. really short runs. Um, 
and then they go like I think like the new Pinocchio like I think I caught it on the last day and I didn't even realize because it was like in and out so quickly it just goes straight to Netflix um is it worth watching that's uh what's oh it's it's amazing I I loved it I thought it was great because the because the 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 classic Disney ones are like pedophilia it was very it's a very creepy movie yeah 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 Um, the the like the like you can't it's really creepy you can't even watch it now it's like so creepy yeah so I'm yeah. I'm assuming pedophilia is not in the new Pinocchio it's not it's no well I mean unless there's things that I miss <laughs> more nuanced sort of hints um but no it's it's really good Guillermo's Guillermo's awesome yeah. I'm saying right, it first name basis like I know him <laughs> no it's it's awesome that you what you're doing you just keep it up I'm just taking it because you're very you're you're ahead of the game I'm I'm gonna know if your yeah if your script is like very solid and. Uh, yeah, I just wish you the best of luck. Keep keep writing scripts, and uh, and then you're you'll be ready. Yeah, thank you so much. I, I I appreciate that, and I'm kind of um dumbfounded that someone else would say that about my script. But yeah, that's that's awesome. Cool. All right, man. Well, well, let's talk soon when you uh, when you hit it big. Yeah, unreal, awesome. Um, thanks so much for talking, Matt. Smoking mirrors. From the black, we hear the faint noise of air passing through a conch shell. It gets louder and louder, eventually heating the peak of its crescendo, at which point the noise cuts to a silence. Fade in. Exterior, Chihuahuan Desert, night. A fire rages against the dark of the night. A young man is painted black in every part of his body and face, leaving his eyes as a sole, distinguishable feature. He is dressed in the traditional garments of the Mexica people, a maxillatal loincloth and large feathered headdress. He is terrified. Wide eyes, trembling hands, beads of sweat trickling down his forehead. Surrounding him in the fire are a dozen Hispanic men and women. The men don maxillatals, while women wear cuatil, long skirts, They dance joyously around the flames. A man sings, his words dictating the movements of the others. Here are my jetepona and my green bird conch that I blow. I have arrived, I have arisen, I the singer. A Mexica woman approaches the young man, handing him a flute. Play the flute for us, Tezcatlipoca. The young man holds the flute apprehensively raising it to his lips as if it were a bomb. He blows into it softly, and the surrounding Mexico roar in approval. Louder! He blows harder. The dance intensifies. Now enjoy yourselves. Let rise hear those hearts who I offend. I lift my voice in song. I have arrived. I have arisen. I, the singer. Break the flute, Tezcatlipoca! The words strike the young man to his core. His hands shake violently. Do it! I, I, I can't. Please, don't make me. The eyes of the crowd all turn to the young man. Jeers of disapproval are heard. The young man is reduced to a child at the crowd's reaction of hostility. He begins to cry. I, I can't do it! Do not think we will not return for those you love. Your refusal will only bring death to your family. The young man sobs, almost choking on his tears. He breathes rapidly to the point of hyperventilation. 
He holds the flute in two hands and snaps it in half. The crowd's celebratory cries are deafening. The dancing proceeds once more. The Mexica man roars out in song. Loosen your heart. Let your heart be coming here. You who hate me and wish me dead. When I have gone and have perished, then perhaps never will you come to cry and be sad over me. Prepare him. Four of the Mexica grab the young man as he struggles hopelessly against them. They bring him to the ground and hold his wrists and ankles. Another Mexica man approaches, the priest. He wears a large headdress and holds an enormous knife. The blade seems to glow in the moon's luminescence, reflecting an almost ethereal light. It doesn't look like any knife man-made. The young man screams as he sees the blade. My friend, I am going. I am already going. The priest prays as the young man watches in horror. The dancing intensifies further. The priest goes down to ground, knife firmly in hand. The other Mexica wrestle to keep the struggling boy restrained. My heart says I am not coming again. I will not be born on the well-sheltered earth. But I'm already going, already going. The sound of the conch shell is heard. The Mexica man in the crowd dances trance-like, holding a large conch shell to his lips. He is Tlacanoli, 32. He proudly blows into the shell, eyes locked onto the sacrificial ritual about to take place. He smiles as a climactic scream escapes the boy's mouth and the sound of a blade impaling flesh is heard. The crowd roars in celebration. We see the fire in the reflection of his eyes as he continues to blow into the shell. Cut to black. Title card? Smoking Mirrors. <laughs>